Nicole Brandon, and welcome to Unlimited Life. It is such a wonderful time to be here. I am at the Ascent Expo today down in downtown Los Angeles at the Convention Center. It's the very first expo of its kind of consciousness, of entrepreneurship, of business growth, and really a new model and a new way of living and existing and thriving and surviving and launching your business to the very next level. And it's just extraordinary. Since we are on stage today, Jesse Elder will be with us next week. We are pushing him one entire week, so we have all week to prepare to take your notebooks. He is so incredibly extraordinary. He was on our Passionate Living show. And the information has blown audiences away. And I know that the very first time I watched him speak, I was on the edge of my seat and my life was forever changed. His concepts, his ideals, his way of doing business is so fresh, it's so unique, it's so new, and he has transformed businesses throughout the world. So today, for your pleasure and enjoyment, you're going to hear an encore performance of one of our favorite guests of all times, Dr. Paul Shealy, talking about the extraordinary photo reading, if you have ever done this, and being able to read a book in an instant, and the genius mind, how your mind is actually conscious of catching several football fields worth of information, and what are you actually looking at today, and how much more can you be inputting, and how much more can you be living in this extraordinary, magical, unlimited life. So enjoy Paul Shealy's photo reading, genius mind extraordinaire, and we look forward to seeing you back here next week on Unlimited Life with Jesse Elder. Well, hi, it's Nicole Brandon with Unlimited Life, and welcome to our show. I am so excited about today's show and today's guest. When we created this show and we talked about what would it be like to live an unlimited life, What are the tools? What are the techniques? What would be needed? What would be necessary if we really could every minute of every second of every day live the kind of life we've always dreamt of living and break through paradigms, cross borders, cross lines, and really have not only the life that we've always dreamt of living, but a life that was just unbelievably what we understand being able to be here in human form, have the kind of life that we have the freedom, that we have the joy, that we have the happiness, that we have the brain power, that we have the physical endurance and strength, and all of these tools and techniques. And so each week for months now, we've been bringing you guests, and each one more extraordinary than the next, each one more versed with their wisdom, with their knowledge, and specialized in each field in which you know we've brought you this incredible medicine and science and healthcare. And today's guest really is the epitome of an unlimited life. What he teaches and the way he teaches and it is so multifaceted. It is so freeing. It is so extraordinary that Really, if I were to have, we talk about having an encyclopedia that we we used to have and you would look something up and there would be the picture and the description, if you really had to have a description and a picture of what it would be like to lead an unlimited life, you would find Paul Shealy in his work. It truly is the, the pinnacle of what I've been trying to bring to you for so very long. So I'm so thrilled and so excited that he is with us today. So Dr. Paul Shealy is the CEO of Shealy Learning Systems, and we will talk about what those learning systems are. 
He has influenced a diversity of organizations through his work in problem-solving, creativity, communications, accelerated learning, and we'll find out exactly what accelerated learning is, and, of course, leadership development. As the CEO of two organizations and as a consultant to many other organizations, he actively applies his expertise to advance progress and to overcome challenges. Paul speaks, he facilitates, he mentors, and he consults with for-profit and non-profit organizations. And I love this because it says he believes that there are untapped brilliant resources within every organization and within every individual. I love that. I'm going to repeat that. He believes that there are untapped brilliant resources within every organization and every individual. I think that's amazing. His work has led to the achievement of just extraordinary results around the world. His passion in sharing how to activate the rich resources within the mind and connect the power with the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual influences. He has transformative programs. And we will talk about so many of those programs today and how they apply to you and to your individual life. He has been able to obtain and quadruple bottom line results with high returns on investments. And it's amazing. I've had the sheer pleasure and the opportunity to see Paul so many times speak. And I can honestly say, we've talked about how I've been to events around the world. He's my very favorite speaker, and he is my very favorite host. And when people ask me why, because people ask me all the time, who is your favorite? And I always say Paul Shelley. And it's not just the knowledge and the wisdom, because his knowledge and his wisdom, it's just astounding. You sit there and your chin hits the floor because it's, it's so incredibly wise and it's so incredibly straightforward and so incredibly true and possible but his sense of humor and the way that he shares the information just makes it so accessible and you know i love i have taken the photo reading course myself i know it's changed my own life how i read how i retain information and so you know we can spend i can go on the entire show and just talk about his biography and his background and his history, but I really want to bring him on, but I will tell you that he earned a Ph.D. in leadership and change, which I absolutely love that he works for leadership and change because he really does know how to break those paradigms. And he has a master's degree in learning and human development technologies. He has a bachelor's of science degree in biology and his really rich background includes studies in neurolinguistic programming, accelerated learning, and pre-conscious processing. And he's really known worldwide for his discoveries and his transformative learning expertise. And he is a partner in Learning Strategies Corporation, and he is a publisher of many human development programs, and so I can't wait to bring him on. So please, it is my joy, it is my honor, it is my privilege to bring on Paul Shilly. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Nicole. You know, I want a recording of that. I want to wake up to that every single day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing. You know, I was looking at you, your resume and, and your bio, and every line I would say, oh, oh, oh. I mean, it's one thing is more amazing than the next. And truly, as I was, you know, sharing in the beginning of the show, people ask me, 
all the time who my favorite speaker is. And without a breath or a second thought, I always say it's you. I mean, truly, you are the most enchanting, the most entertaining, and the wisest person I know. So it's just to have all of that wrapped up together. So tell us a little bit about what is accelerated learning. Why don't we start there? Well, I think I need to go just a little bit further back because when I was growing up as a child, I discovered something about public education that that um, I think I was privileged to see early on. See, uh, my father became a consultant for the American International Development Consultancy to the Israeli government in 1960s. 1962. It was the last AID consultancy that the government sent over. And so I had the opportunity to live in Israel for nine months, and I went to an American school there. And it was very connected with the outdoors, nature, and classes were held in little rooms, but a lot of the time we spent outdoors. It was outdoor, and it was experiential, and I was in second grade, and it was spectacular. I loved it. And about two months before the end of the school year, we moved back to New York, where we where I had and we had our home. And I finished out the last couple of months in the New York City schools or public schools. And oh my gosh, what a difference! You know, sit down, be quiet. You know, no noise. The I was out in the hallway bringing something to the office for my teacher, and I was giggling and laughing and running down the hall. I got pulled in the principal's office. I got the riot act read to me. You know, it was amazing. And I thought, what a different universe. There's got to be, people have to understand that there's a better way to learn. So I struggled in public schools. And uh, eventually I came to realize that a lot of the challenges I was having in school were because of hallucinations I was having about that I wasn't good enough. You know, I was imagining every time somebody didn't know what was going on, they there was something wrong with them. And if I didn't, if I was confused ever, that was not a good thing. I never made the connection that not knowing is the precursor to learning. That, that, uh, you know, you need curiosity, you need to not know, you need to be motivated to try to figure out things in order to have your brain really wake up. So by the time I got through with college, I started looking into how do we change this system, how do we learn more effectively, and I had the opportunity to study the work that came to America from Georgi Lazanov, who was a Bulgarian researcher and psychiatrist, who had developed something called super learning. It was written about in a book called Super Learning. And he had the Suggestopedia Institute in Sofia, Bulgaria. And these were a set of principles that would let people learn languages at thousands of times faster than most people would with traditional language learning. I mean, in a single session, you could learn a thousand words compared to you know, 15 or 20 in a traditional language class That's in the same amount of time. Wow. Yeah, so, the, so when his work came to the U.S. in the early 70s, there was a man named Peter Klein that became a colleague of mine. He was the first, one of the first Suggestopedia instructors, and 
became one of the key voices in this burgeoning field that came through Ames, Iowa, through Dr. Donald Schusterman, and Peter Klein, Donald, and others were bringing this concept of accelerated, suggestive, accelerative learning and teaching into the United States. So I was, I would say, you know, the second generation of people trained in these methods, and I began applying this in business for human resource training and development, in public seminars, and uh, public schools were starting to hire us to bring in these principles and so on. So it was it was a remarkable thing. So think of it this way. When you were a child, how did you learn your language? I mean, you didn't sit in rows looking at a blackboard, right? (laughs) Nobody told you, be quiet, sit still. I mean, you were engaged fully. If you watch a baby learning about their world, everything's going in their mouth. I mean, they're totally engaged. They're curious. I love it. And if you mapped the acquisition of knowledge and skills prior to going into school, I mean, it's just accelerating upward. It's amazing. You get to school, it plateaus and starts dropping off catastrophically because we're stressed, we're we're shut down, we're told to obey and to comply, and you know we're just everything about our brains just goes numb at that point. And most of us figure out by first or second grade, oh my gosh, it's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> <laughs> so what what accelerated so learning? Yeah, what accelerated learning did is it said, okay, hang on. When you learned anything, how to walk, how to talk, anything, you were fully engaged. The first thing that happened is you got some kind of clue about what it was that you were going for. That's called the decoding stage where you're trying to get a handle on what it is that's coming at you. The second is full immersion. It's what Georgi Lozanov referred to as the concert. It's where your non-conscious resources, what he called the paraconscious, be, just gets it all. And you have there's no rational, sequential anything. It's just you're fully immersed. You're absolutely in it. And then the third stage is what was called activate. That's where you now start to zero in on what it is that you're trying to get. And so you become active with it, active, questioning, purposeful, focused. Finally, at the end, you go to this kind of focused attention. So imagine a funnel and the Top side of the funnel is facing the world when we come into it. You know, our, we're just taking it all in. It's just all what a going beautiful in. Beautiful image. And, oh my yeah, gosh, and then and then eventually, eventually, we focus down into maybe a specific. Like, what's the difference between a B and a D? You know, I'm not really seeing it, right? It's a stick with a ball, but the ball faces this way with a B and that way with a D. Okay, so that's a very narrow focus of attention, right? Well, what happens when we go to school? The funnel gets turned wrong side up. And so now the teacher's got your attention, so I'm going to put something on this board, 
and you better learn it. We don't even know what that means yet, right? You better learn it because you're going to be tested on this. And if you don't do well on the test, all we know is that terribly bad things are going to happen that are unnamed at this point, right? We just we just go into stress response at that point. So so you get how what we're doing is we're turning that funnel right side up again. That's what accelerated learning is. It allows us to use this magnificent information processor that we were born with, but that got shut down by traditional methods of education. That's incredible. So how do you, when you turn that funnel upside down, so now all of a sudden you're able to learn the way that you learned when you were a baby, apply Mm -hmm. that to your life your everything around you, and it, and it, what, is it ever too late to turn the funnel around? It's never too late. In fact, um, you, you know Chen Yi Lin, the Spring Forest Qigong master. He just did his retreat here in Minneapolis, and there was a man in there, ninety-two years old, and uh, fully engaged, just spot on. I mean, he's kind of hunched over, but I'm telling you, he was excited. His energy was moving. He was doing all the exercises. And when he left Hawaii to come here to Minnesota in October, right, to to have this experience, his family said, Dad, what are you doing? Why are you getting on a plane? Well, you can't even fly. What are you doing going all the way over there? You're 92 years old. You should be slowing down. No way. (laughs) So uh, I think the oldest photo reader was a medical doctor from Buenos Aires who... Uh, who took the program at 93. You know, so no, it's never too late to learn to use the greater resources of your mind. That's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. And so how did you get started? I mean, so you had this background with your father, and then it's one thing to step into it, but you have developed a whole system and a world of teaching this all over the world. And yeah. programs and books and tapes and and so talk about that because that's, that's to me that's extraordinary. It's one thing to have knowledge; it's another that that I was sharing at the top of the show. I've never ever had the experience of anybody being able to teach the way that you teach and share information. You make it so much fun, and you make it so much joyful and so exhilarating to learn that, it, it, I mean, it's it's the best. It's like going to a birthday party and a celebration of your life just to learn what's inside of you. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you know, to, to get at that question, like how did this all kind of emerge, I want to go to just sort of a fundamental principle, which is there is absolute, complete magnificence within every human being. And if you believe anything less than that about yourself, it's an error. It was a mistaken, it's a mistaken assumption that was conditioned into you by a culture that's attempting to get you to comply and obey. I mean, think of about the, the traditional educational classroom. What happens? Every 50 minutes, the bell rings. Why? Yeah, I mean, did we ever think about why that would happen? And if you're in the middle of a dialogue like we are right now, Nicole, and we yeah. say, oh, no, we're, we're busy, we're, we're into something really cool, we'd get punished. I mean, they would say, get 
get to your next class right now, right? <laughs> so so where did this come from? This came from the Prussian military model of education back in the mid-1800s. So, you know, n- the Prussian military beat Napoleon. After having been defeated by Napoleon eight years earlier, they came back and they whomped him. How'd that happen? Prussian military became the biggest thing on the planet. Well, the the way it happened, they turned an agrarian culture into the world's most powerful fighting machine. And the industrialists of the U.S. said, you know, we've got an agrarian culture and we need people to work in our factories. Let's adopt that. And so we literally adopted a system which was designed to marginalized, to exclude, to uh, categorize, to determine who's going to be the infantry and who's going to be the, you know, the commanding officer or who's going to be the managers and supervisors and who's going to be the workers on the factory line, right? So it's all about, you know, sit straight, pay attention, be obedient, uh, comply whenever we bark you in order, whatever it might be. So imagine that, as Buckminster Fuller said, that everyone is born a genius. Everyone is born a genius. But by the time we reach a fifth grade, out of 10,000 kids born in the world, 9,999 of them will have been systematically degeniused by well-intentioned and well-meaning adults who prevent us from exploring our natural world in favor of, you know, sit down, be quiet, and pay attention. That's so a crazy if, if you, statistic. Wow, isn't sorry, I just that, had to take that in for a minute. Yeah, it, it's stunning when you realize how much neural potential we have. I mean, you know photo reading, right? This is a process of blasting through written materials at a page a second. I mean, it's astounding. But the reason this works is because we have the neural capacity to do this. For example, the human eye and the brain will process 10 million bits of information per second, but at a conscious level, we only receive 40 bits of that. Well, think about this. 40 bits out of 10 million get to us at a conscious level. That means our conscious mind isn't the part of us that really does this work. Okay, so with all that as a backdrop, Nicole, let me tell you how I fell into this line of work and where the development of all the courses have come from that we've published and sell around the world in 185 countries. So this, this uh, while I was at the University of Minnesota as a student of biological sciences, through a series of invitations, I got an invite to take a course on how to hypnotize. There was a local hypnotist who my mother knew quite well, and she had to train a couple of psychologists from Michigan and needed to fill out her class. So my mom called me up on a Thursday and said, Hey, hon, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to become a hypnotist? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, here I am looking to save the environment through biological sciences and ecology and behavioral biology, and here I am getting an invitation to hypnosis. Well, it was really 
a profound experience. And the woman who trained me took me under her wing and said, Paul, you'd be great at this work at my clinic. Help me out. She was dying of an inoperable liver cancer. She was told she had just three months to live. I met her five years after that diagnosis. In the two and a half years that she stayed around on the planet, I took over the oldest established hypnosis practice in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And here I was, uh, you know, just a, a junior in college, uh, and my teacher says, Paul, we've got an invitation. They want a demonstration of hypnosis for a youth group at a synagogue here. And I said, no way. I do. I'm not a public speaker. I can't do it. <laughs> he says, look, I'll tell you what to do. They're going to pay $150 for a 45-minute presentation. I said, tell me what I need to do. <laughs> I was used to- I was used to making a dollar sixty-five an hour, you know. So this this sounded really cool. So I had ten kids out of the forty on stage. I was demonstrating hypnosis hypnosis to them, and I had one kid. I, he was really tall. He was like six three. Just towered over me. I said, "Your foot's glued to the floor. You can try to move it, but you can't. It's glued to the floor." He could not move his foot. I mean, he literally unlaced the shoe, pulled his foot out of the shoe because his foot was glued to the floor, right? And then I said, you could try to tell me your name, but you can't. Try. He could not utter his name. And Nicole, the weirdest thing was, I didn't think, wow, this really works, and man, aren't I powerful. What I thought, the immediate thought that came to me is, oh, man, this is what we're doing to ourselves every single day we take perfectly reasonable resources and we throw them away with the suggestion i can't and so when you listen to people talking i can't do art i'm i can't sing i can't do math i'm terrible i'm a horrible writer oh i can't spell i can never remember people's names i will guarantee you 100 percent of the time This is an ongoing hypnotic trance that they are maintaining through self-hypnosis. So imagine, here I am, Nicole, I'm 19 years old, and I'm realizing I'm not supposed to hypnotize people and put them in a trance. I'm supposed to awaken them to who they really are. Awaken them from the trance that they've accepted about themselves uncritically and as a result have systematically degeniused themselves to fit in. So that became the basis of my lens. Imagine this, 19 years old, I've got this lens, I'm looking at the world, I'm seeing geniuses walking around convincing themselves that they're idiots. And I thought, this is my life's work. There's just no question. And eventually I started learning strategies corporation not because i felt i was the most brilliant learner in the world i believed i was the most wounded learner in the world but because i had this insight i was able to take myself out of those trances and really reclaim a lot of the brilliance that had been waiting to come out into the world for me it's so, you know, when I'm listening to you say that, and it's so extraordinary, the entire journey, the entire process and the epiphany of the genius within. 
And I'm so moved and touched that when you said when you, you know, had this man stuck to the floor that you didn't think, oh, I'm so powerful, but that you thought this is what we're doing to others in education. And it's such a testament to your heart and to the way you teach and your desire to help people all over the world. And I just Thank you. truly adore who you are. We have a quick question. Somebody piped in on the chat line, and they wanted to know if there is a program for um, autistic people that would help. And there's somebody also asked as far as if you're autistic or if you had any brain damage, is there a way to rekindle those cells or be able to have the brain track in a different way? Oh, that's great. Thank you for the questions. They're both beautiful. And while I will say that I'm not that kind of a doctor, I do, I, I have noticed some amazing things happening. So I want to share something. To me, is very exciting. And I, it's really a matter of researchers taking this on and doing something with it. So it, it's it's going to be a story to explain why I believe that our approaches to learning really can help autistic population. And we are seeing a huge rise in autism worldwide. And, you know, there's some debate about why this is happening. But rather than getting into that, even though there is some amazing uh, insight around that and hypotheses around that, uh, I'll just say uh, this amazing story. I was working with... Dr. Jerry Wellick at St. Cloud State University uh, is a professor of special education. So a lot of his students learn to work with kids with special needs, including the autistic population. And there was a summer session, and Jerry asked me to come in and teach one of his sessions and share a photo reading with them. Now, Nicole, you know that when you take a book and photo read it, one of the ways in which we play with it, we turn the book upside down yes, so that your conscious mind doesn't get involved. It just says, oh, well, you know, this isn't going to do anything. And then you flip the pages while you're staring through the center of the book. And what this does is it allows your brain, with 10 million bits of information per second processing, each of the written pages literally in a flash. Right? Yes. So... I was showing this to this group, spent a half day with them, and and about a year later, I got a call from one of those psychologists that was in Dr. Wellick's class. He said, she said to me, Paul, Jerry told me I had to call you and tell you about this because he knew you'd appreciate this. As a psychologist, she worked with one child who is a high-functioning autistic child all through his path through school. And he, at this time, was in the fifth grade. And his mother was saw the distress of his, her child one day, and he said, Mom, I don't understand fractions in math. I don't understand it. And so she said, well, don't worry, hon, I'll go to school and I'll pick up some books on fractions and you can look at them and we can work on them together. So she brings three books back and sets it in front of him and listen to what this child did. Took the first book upside down 
and flip the pages from the back cover to the front cover, flip, 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 set it aside, took the next one, did the same thing, third book, exact same thing. All three books, he literally photo-read them upside down and backwards, took the three books, handed it to his mother, handed the pile and said, thanks, Mom, now I, know, now I understand. Oh. And that kid went to the top of his class in math. Now, let's take a look at this. When she told me this, I said, oh, my gosh, hang on just a second. i got to run to my file cabinet. I quick opened my file cabinet. I rummaged through. I found the piece of paper I was looking for. Years before, Dr. Norman Dixon wrote a book on preconscious processing. I pulled it out because I used this in the development of the photo reading class. There it was. There was two columns. On the left column is this very rational type of thinking. On the other column, it's this sort of very diffuse type of thinking that's associated with the preconscious mind doing the processing for us. Instead of a rational, reflective mind, there's a preconscious processor that does most of the heavy lifting, and then it's the part of us that delivers the 40 bits Remember I talked about the 40 bits yes. of the 10 million? So it's this part of us that then puts into our conscious mind what it is we think we need to be knowing about what we're looking at. So out of all this billions of data coming in, we can focus in on the pattern that's most important because our inner mind essentially is doing the heavy lifting. And there it was on this chart. There it was. He, he called it autistic thinking, literally what I was teaching people to do in photo reading is enter an autistic kind of thinking with respect to blasting through written materials at these enormous rates. Now, as you know, the photo reading step is part of this whole mind system. It's the third step out of five. And then after that, we activate, right? We bring it into our conscious awareness. But while we're flipping through it and just blasting through it, I was training people to do what this child did naturally. So why? This is the question. Why did that an autistic child know to do that? Why did he know if I need to learn something that I don't understand, that I should allow my inner mind to process it? You see, my belief is that that's the normal way of learning. And what we've done with our school systems is we've screwed it up. We start people on on this highly focused, narrow bandwidth, conscious mind that can only process seven bits of information at a time. It gets only 40 bits out of 10 million that are being processed every second. You know, why... Why is it that we've gotten this thing so screwed up and why was he showing us that this is more natural and more normal? To me, this is very exciting, Nicole. Oh, and nobody's ever really done the research on it. Sorry. Now, for the listeners, Paul, that aren't familiar with photo reading, and you're talking about the five steps and so we're using the word photo reading, could you just share briefly what photo reading is and how it works? Sure. Uh, it originated when a client company, IDS American Express, called us up and 
their information systems data processing group were so inundated with written material they could not keep up. They, were, they wanted, of course, to slay the paper dragon, as they called it. And, and um, they were familiar. They were already using accelerated learning because they'd been working with my teacher, Peter Klein. And so when they called, they said, can you do a speed reading course based on accelerated learning? Well, I was in my master's degree at St. Thomas University here in St. Paul, Minnesota, and curriculum design, human development technology, and adult learning were all part of my degree. So I thought, perfect, that's a project, I'll do it. I designed the course and gave it to these managers, and it was so successful that we decided to launch it for the general public, and that's when I met Pete Bissonette, the business partner that uh, runs Learning Strategies now, and it's it's gone all over the world. It's published in 18 languages, and we've sold a million copies of the book. And you know, it's it's a remarkable thing. We have trained trainers all over the world. The idea behind it is very simple. If you can think about this accelerated learning model as decode, concert, activate. Decoding is getting yourself ready and, and seeing the book in front of you and deciding, yes, I want to do this. Then photo reading is this concert where it's you're just this full immersion. You're getting the whole printed landscape all at once. Literally a 400-page novel you could do in a matter of four to six minutes. Okay, uh, textbooks, you know, just in minutes. A book that would take you 10 hours to read You'd photo-read it in three to four minutes, and then the final step is you activate it. So activation now is engaging with the book and engaging with your brain to get your reading done in the time you have available at a level of comprehension you need. So that's the purpose of it. Get your reading done in the time you have available at a level of comprehension you need. So what we do is we start you at a page a second. We don't speed you up to that. We literally start you photo-reading a page a second in a book. And what this does is it turns on the pre-conscious processor, which you have always had, and it also engages this vast non-conscious resource. I want to explain the non-conscious if I could. You know, as a hypnotist, yeah, as a hypnotist, you think, oh, subconscious control, right? Well, (laughs) <laughs> Forget about all your illusions about that. I don't do hypnosis anymore. It's To me, that's old technology. But if you could look at your feet on the floor and see how much space your feet are covering right now, it's a little circle of maybe 12 inches across, right? So imagine that the entire database of your conscious mind, everything you have consciously worked to learn, is under your feet right there. Imagine that's the entire database of your conscious mind. Now imagine that that little circle is in the center of a circle 11 miles across. It's 10 billion to one what your conscious mind contains. That's a database of your non-conscious mind, or what Dr. Lazanov in Bulgaria called the paraconscious. 
So forget about whatever you know about subconscious or unconscious and think about it. This is the more than conscious. This is the genius resource that you have within you and nobody ever showed it to you in school. Nobody taught to it. Nobody spoke to it. Nobody showed you how to speak to it. And as a result of that, we live in far less of the resource than is actually available to us. You know, Einstein is reputedly uh, reputedly said we only use about 10% of our brain's capacity. And so I've spent my entire professional life showing people how to use the other 90%. And photo reading is one example. I mean, if you could photo read, I mean, literally... So you photo read a book in three minutes, you activate it in 20, and you can go take a college-level test on it. I mean, it's astounding, Nicole, but this is what's possible. Paul, so I remember, if you could, sorry for interrupting. I remember, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, when I was taking the photo reading course, we were talking about a woman that learned a language in an airport. And she yeah. bought a book or something, and she learned an entire language in an air. That she just, that to me was unbelievable. But, I mean, it's it's, incredible that we can actually do that, that our brain has that capacity. Yep. I I have a a yoga teacher who goes into states of yoga meditation, and he's learned 12 languages fluently with his eyes closed in meditation. So, you know, the, the question... You got you got to beg the question. Okay, hang on just a sec. Why are we making it so tough in school? Why don't we use more of the resources that are really here for us? And we can. That's the neat thing. I love so, this. I'm, so, yes, we're, go ahead. so we're back. <laughs> we're back to this autistic child. While I haven't yeah. solved the problem of autism. What I do believe is that if a child would learn the photo reading technique, and we have home study courses in which you can do that, they would realize that this is a more natural way to study and learn. Kids with attention deficit disorder, we don't have a limitation on attention. We just have an inability in a traditional classroom setting to engage the full attentional ability of the child that's sitting in front of us. And so how do we really access the full neural potential of a human brain? You know, autism it seems to be related to the brain not pruning back these massive amounts of neurons that are in the spray from the midbrain to the forebrain. You know, there's just... We're born with way more neurology than we end up actually using, and what it does is it prunes it back for out of disuse. But there seems to be these secretagogues that keep these neural uh, pathways in place in kids with autism. And so, uh, you know, their ability to blend with normal social behavior is just, it, it just doesn't seem to be there. But talk about off the charts brilliant. I mean, in many cases, you know, the what's called the savant, these are capacities that, you know, we're looking to figure out how we can reliably turn these back on in, in adults that haven't been accessing it. 
So I think that's really what we're tracking down. Let's use these kids that help us understand our neural potential. That's so genius. It really is. The fact that our brain, when you when you were speaking about just looking at your feet and thinking about the circle and then this huge entire space, and in that moment, of course, you can picture that space. And when you're saying, but this is all we use in our brain, if we think about on a daily basis how much more we can share and see of the world and of each other and what a different planet it would be if we can expand our consciousness in such a way. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. such a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant thought. Well, and let's, then, oh, let's take okay. the if off of that okay. and just yes. put the word as we as <laughs> use we. this potential, yeah. Because this is, this is what it's about. It's your unlimited life. I mean, it's the the name of your show is perfect because this is an unlimited capacity and we're carrying it around with us on a daily basis and nobody showed us how to interact with it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost pathetic. It's so sad that our culture marginalizes capacities of intuition and brilliant insight and psychic ability and healing powers. I mean, you know it as well as anyone, Nicole. We are magnificent, and we can use it. Absolutely. And then going along this line, so you were talking about paraliminals and how Mm -hmm. the brain processes information, and can you share a little bit about what a paraliminal is and how that works as well? Yes, the paraliminal technology. I'm going to share another story because okay. I think this I love your story, this will I help. Okay, this will, this will help make a little more sense of it too. I at one point was asked by the Minnesota Dental Association to create a course to help patients in dental settings to have no pain, fear, tension anxiety, and to be able to recover faster from things like uh, interventions, you know, oral surgery and things. And so I developed a a course, and along the way of developing this, I met a Dr. Fred Noah Gordon. Now, Dr. Gordon had been retired as an oral surgeon for a number of years and was teaching accelerated learning and actually just lived down the street from me here in Minnesota. It was really interesting. So we got to be good friends, and he consulted with me on this project as well as on a couple of others as well. One of the studies he did at um, UCLA was to look at using hypnosis as a protocol to facilitate healing in oral surgery. In other words, the the average amount of time it takes for someone to recover from oral surgery is five days. If we gave hypnosis sessions to them before they went in and after they came out of surgery, could we reduce the amount of time it took to heal? And in fact, his studies show that it could. Positive suggestion alone. Positive suggestion. Now, you don't have to use trance and all this spooky stuff that people have come to associate with hypnosis. Just imagine communicating with this 11 miles of your brain, right, and saying, hey, 11 miles, you know, what can you do to help 
recover from this and could I be painless and could I you know get the results I want and I had worked with with uh, dentists and I had spectacular results I mean you could tell a person that they'd have no discomfort and they could have a tooth extraction you could say bleed up to the level of the gum and stop and it does I mean we're talking about control of completely autonomic non-conscious functions complete complete access it's a, it's astounding okay so that all went into the background well noah gordon told me this amazing story that during the study that he did one of the patients didn't heal like all the rest five days went by and she hadn't healed a week went by two weeks went by and he was afraid that she was going to slough off the tissue graft that they had done during oral surgery. So he said to her, would it be okay if I did some regression using hypnosis, take you back through the surgery to try to find out what might have happened? She, she agreed. So he had her go into hypnosis, and he brought her back through the surgery. And this is interesting, Nicole. She recalled everything that happened during the entire procedure, even though she was in general anesthetic. She recalled not only every procedure in its exact sequence, she recalled every word spoken in the operatory, every single word spoken by anybody in there. And she she was just giving this full rundown on everything that happened. And at some point, she tells the story that the anesthesiologist was telling everybody else in the room about his German shepherd. The strangest thing was, you know when. You know when you ask a dog to walk alongside of you, what you call that? What's the word? Training what? Healing. No, when you when when you have the dog walk alongside of you, you say heal. Right? Yeah, right. And the yes. dog the, the dog is supposed to heal or walk right next to you, right? Okay, so Here's what the surgeon or the anesthesiologist said. He said, "Strangest thing, you know, my when my German Shepherd got back from surgery, she wouldn't heal." And Dr. Gordon stopped her in the story and said, "Now, <clears throat> when you heard the word heal, H E E L, did you think that meant H E A L?" And she said, "Yes." Did you? think that when he said she wouldn't heal that he was referring to you she said yes did you accept that suggestion and is that why you haven't healed from this procedure she said yes could you remove that suggestion now she said yes he brought her out three days later she was healed so he was so blown away by this that he had to get everybody else in the study, all of the other uh, surgeons and, and um, operators, you know, all the, the staff that did these procedures, to, to experience this. So he invited her to come in, and he did the same regression, you know, did the same thing, same story. It all came through, and the anesthesiologist afterwards paused and said, okay, I have a question for you, Dr. Gordon. When she was telling us all of this information, who was speaking? I did the anesthesia on her. She was completely unconscious. And just like I had my epiphany in that youth group doing hypnosis on the stage, 
that's when Dr. Gordon had his epiphany. He said, that's the accelerated learner. That's this part of us that could take information outside of our conscious awareness. It could discriminate it from other information, differentially respond to it, and completely act on it even at a biological level and never even knew that it was happening. He said, that's the accelerated learner. Okay, so here we are, Nicole. We're talking about what exists in every single one of us. This magnificent capacity, this accelerated learner, that somewhere along the line was put into a trance to believe of an incapability that you may have. And you uncritically accepted it because you might have been a little kid, you might have been in uh, surgery, you could have been, you know, it, you could be bombarded by it on the television, and you could have this, you could have been dropping into this belief state and never question that you're magnificent, you're fantastic, you're spectacular, you have genius in you and you've accepted something far less than the truth of that. And so what paraliminals are, paraliminal recordings, para means beyond, and liminal means threshold. So it's beyond the threshold of your conscious awareness. They're not subliminal. You can actually hear everything that I say on these recordings. And what I'm doing is I'm talking with your non-conscious mind, about the change that you've asked to create in your life. And I'm guiding you to a place of full resource within you to make contact with that resource that's there and then to put that resource into practice in your everyday life. So I'm not, I'm not putting you into a trance and telling you how to live What I'm doing is I'm saying, you're magnificent. Go in and find why that's true, and let's take that resource and put it into this area of your life so that you can use it. So, you see, my belief is that we already have that magnificence within us. Anything that you desire to create, the reason that you have the desire is because it's already within your capacity to realize it. So I guide you to the full power and potential that's already within you to fully realize it. And so people, it's so wonderful. You know, I travel to other countries and people have been listening to my recordings for sometimes 10, 15, 20 years. And um, they say to me, you know, you've, I've never met them. And they say, you know, you've completely changed my life. I listen to you all the time. You know, some people say you you saved my life. Other people say you know you made my career. And it's such you know you talk about warming the heart. I mean, what a psychological reward to realize that they have attributed these magnificent changes in their lives to my work. And I have to say that it's not me. It is them. It's just that I've held the stake in the ground and said, listen, there is genius within you. And so you might know, Nicole, I don't know if you know this, actually. I've come to realize that the purpose of my work now in the later part of my life 
is to help show the world that the purpose of education is the liberation of human genius. Mm. And when we all embrace that, then we'll come to see who we really are. And now's the time. I mean, humanity needs it now more than ever. And when we liberate the genius within us, there's no problem that can't be solved. There's no limitation that can't be overcome. We're unlimited beings, and let's live our unlimited lives. Can I put that on the website, Paul? I love that, that the purpose of education is the liberation of human genius. I mean, that is just... Absolutely. Please attribute it to... Paul R. Sheely, Ph.D., because that's, course, the, absolutely. that's, that's what I, I really want that banner to fly high over the human family because it's time. That's just brilliant. And we have some questions people are asking us. They've been popping on since you've been okay. talking about photo reading. So they want to know about the photo reading, about, you know, how it works. They're saying, can you just, you know... Um, Literally, we've got so many questions on how the process works. And then also somebody said that they used to have pretty close to a photographic memory before they had a head injury, and now they really don't have the attention span to do much reading. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about both those first, how the photo reading sure. works, and can they get a home study, or how do they learn how yeah. to do this, and what is the process and all of that? Because they're popping on left and right asking me about this. So. Okay, good. That, that's very exciting. Well, you can certainly get lots of information if you go to photoreading.com. It will redirect you to uh, Learning Strategies Corporation, and they publish my work in photo reading. And uh, I wrote it in a book. You can learn it from a book. We have it in a home study course, which guides you through the process. If you like you know, having my assistance and guiding you through it, uh, that's a great way to go. And also we teach it in live seminars. So you can see on that website that we'll have um, uh, dates and places where it's being taught. And literally we have people all over the world that teach it. So wherever you are, you might be able to to uh, find a course close to your area. And I also teach it once a year in Minneapolis. And uh, when you take it from me, we also have um, uh, a bonus day called the um, called the Power Day, and that's where you actually photo read and activate five books in a single day. <laughs> So it, it's really very exciting. So lots of ways to learn it. Uh, I've It's been out in the world since 1985. As I said, the book's been translated into a lot of languages, and over a million copies have been sold. So you wouldn't be the first person to learn this. And uh, <laughs> my kids learned it at a very young age. In fact, you know, we'd have photo reading instructors at our homes, when they'd come into town for um, for photo reading instructor training, uh, I'd invite them. Libby and I would host them to have dinner with us at our house. And my kids growing up got to see this almost parade of international people coming through, you know, from all over the world. Just, it was so exciting. And each one of my kids at age four, completely independent of their awareness that their brothers might have done this. We have three boys, and they are uh, seven years, five years and uh, apart. So um, 
uh, two years and five years apart. So uh, now they're they're grown men and happily active in the world. But imagine this: a four-year-old. Okay, each one of my kids came up to me at age four and said, "Hey, Dad, want to see me photo read?" <laughs> it's cute. So they, I say, absolutely. Oh yeah, show me. And they take a, a like a paperback book that you could flip by just like, fanning the pages. And so they look at me to make sure I'm looking right. And then they they look at the book and they flip the pages in front of their eyes. And then they look up with this big grin on their face. And I'd say, Wow, that's amazing. That's so great. And they they clutch the book to their chest and toddle off. You can imagine a four-year-old doing this. It's so sweet. And and my kids at age 8, 10, and 12 took the courses, respectively. And, or, or 9, 9, 10, and 12. And they've used it all their lives. I mean, they were all excellent students in school, and it just made life so easy. I remember one of them said, Dad, can you help me with my calculus? I don't really understand it. And I was thinking, oh, no. (laughs) You know how many years it's been since I took calculus at college. But I said, well, have you photo-read it recently? And he said, oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, thanks. Well, 20 minutes later, he came out. I said, "Uh, so, did you photo-read your book? He looked at me really, oh, yeah, 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 I photo-read it. I knew exactly what to do after I photo-read it. That's incredible. I mean, he was already on to three other projects, you know, and I thought, oh, man, did I dodge that bullet having to figure out his calculus book. That's funny. And people are asking, too, about retention. Do you retain the information after you read it? Yeah, and and understand that if all you did was flip, 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 you know, what you're doing is you're letting your non-conscious mind be exposed to it. So you di- you haven't ever really consciously represented it it's just that your non-conscious mind has received it as part of this 11 mile database so it's through the activation that we bring it to our conscious level focus on it and here's the thing is what you're if you look at a page of text and you cross out all the words that don't carry the meaning on that page what you'll discover is that only 4 to 11 percent of the words remain. It's hard to hard to believe this. This is done work that was done by Dr. Russell Stofer and it's been repeated. This is a, actually a method that's used to determine readability level, grade level for books. But if you just randomly take out if you just if you purposely take out the words that aren't salient, that don't actually carry the meaning, only 4 to 11% of the words are left. So when you activate a book, when you go back through it and you start playing with the text, you're actually very actively engaged, questioning, very purposeful. We have what's called the post-view stage and then the activation stage. And so you, what you're doing is you're now building the book into your conscious awareness. And activation, it varies. You know, first activation round might be 12 minutes or so. You know, if I'm doing a college-level paper at a graduate level, I might spend 45 minutes or an hour and a half with a book that would take most people a couple of weeks to read. But I know the book better in that amount of time and will retain it longer 
than if you had taken two weeks and read it for 20, 30 hours. And that's because of the way the the brain actually connects in with the material. So while I'm activating, let's say, 11% of the book, the other 89% is connected to it. So as I represent this a little bit, all the rest of it is ready you know, to rush into my awareness if somebody should ask me a question about it. And it's really a gorgeous way to go. You can become exceedingly knowledgeable in a subject. I and mean, if you're changing careers, for example, you better be a photo reader because there's no way to get up to speed in a short period of time like you could if you photo read. And certainly, if you're in in school of any kind, you're going to be photo reading your texts even before the first class. And then, guess what happens? You go to you go to class, and the professor starts talking. You know exactly what she's talking about almost immediately because it's activating just by the fact that she's talking. So it's it's really a fabulous thing for students, for people who have an interest in a subject area, people who are changing careers. And like I said earlier, Nicole, if you recognize the fact that your mind can photoread, what else could you do? I mean, it's spectacular. Mm, I love it. And, Paul, people are asking, how do they find you? How do they – you were talking about Shilly learning your website or how do they yes. email you or contact you? And do you do private coaching or groups or workshops? And can you just share that for a second about that? Sure. If you go to SheelyLearning.com, so it's S-C-H-E-E-L-E, S-C-H-E-E-L-E, that's SheelyLearning.com, SheelyLearning.com. You'll see me, you'll get to see some videos of me, you know, free uploads, get the idea of who I am, where I am. Uh, I've got blog site, you can tune into the kinds of things that I'm out in the world teaching. And it's also, if you look at products and resources, you'll see that the, the product lines of all the courses that I've written and are published by Learning Strategies are there. So you can order them there. You can find out about the programs I do. Every year I do a program called the Ultimate You Retreat, which is about recognizing and, and all the technologies necessary to, on, on an ongoing basis, connect in with this fast resource that's within us and I also have a year-long coaching um, process called the inner circle that is available as well so it is possible to work with me directly uh, it's it's a little tough if you're not you know if you don't catch me in those times because um, if it's about you know coming to your area to teach of course we have a lot of teachers that would do that it's a little hard to get me to do that that's great. Well, I can tell you, you know, it's it's worth finding you and working with you. I just thought it was such an incredible experience to take the photo reading directly from you. Mm. And I'm sharing as I'm chatting with people, you know, online and they're asking me questions and I'm letting them know that, you know, I took the course and it's changed my life and the way that I read and how I retain oh. information and what I share. And so... I mean, firsthand, I can tell people, absolutely, this is extraordinary and it works. And, and it's, oh. yes. Yeah, I wanted to, remember you had asked the question, what if you had a brain injury? Yes. Okay, so I, I, I remember now that I wanted to cover this because I was 
I was speaking at uh, the Revelations Conference through the Agape Spiritual Community, and uh, I was backstage getting ready to go on in front of 1,250 people, and uh, I introduced myself to the director that I was Paul Sheelam going on next, and she looked at me, her eyes got super big, she said, Paul Sheelam, literally leaped off the floor, wrapped her legs and her arms around me, <laughs> and I said, do I know you? <laughs> it was so sweet. Well, she, listen to this, she took the photo reading class from me in Minneapolis at age 11. She was a 26-year-old woman in her early 20s. She was in a terrible automobile accident, traumatic brain injury. She was proclaimed she would be uneducable. She would never be able to be employed. She'd never be able to go to school, on and on and on and on and on. She started photo reading, and she said, because remember, she learned it at age 11. She started photo reading. She said, Paul, I got all of my brain function back, and it's because of photo reading. I mean, that's what she said to me. I mean, talk about blown away. I was just in tears. It was so gorgeous. So if there are neural capacities that have been lost, what we know about neuroplasticity is that the brain rebuilds itself. It actually grows itself in response to the demands placed on it. And so we can reclaim a tremendous amount of brain capacity. Uh, There was a, a photo reading instructor in South Africa, he was a professor of neurophysiology, and he had a series of strokes that left him unable to read, and it was such a tragedy. He said, he, you know, this is like his greatest thing in the world is being able to read and to lose that capacity. I mean, he could only see half of his visual field anyway, but any time that he tried to process written materials, it was gobbledygook. He made could make no sense of it. And about three months afterwards, he thought, you know, I wonder why don't I just see what happens if I photo read it instead of trying to read. And he called me up from South Africa very excitedly. He said, Paul, everything that I photo read, I can then read and understand 100%. He said, if I just try to read it, I can't. But if I photo read it first, I understand all of it. And that was so exciting to him. And several years later, a study came out in the journal called Brain, and it published a study that showed we can have conscious visual perception without our primary visual cortex. And that's where he had a lesion. He had a a lesion in his brain from the stroke in his primary visual cortex. And he called me again, and he said, Paul, they just found the routes that you've been teaching us to use all these years. 1993, and I, I presented the program for the first time in 85, so this was eight years before we even had the knowledge of these capacities. But because we had seen that the brain could do this, we knew that it had to exist. Oh, that really, I mean, you talk about dropping into your own genius. That really is genius, though. 
It's just so beautiful. And for the people that are listening, where do you suggest they begin with the courses, the classes, the books, the accelerated learning to be able to turn the funnel upside down? So mm-hmm. the large part <laughs> is yeah, exactly. open on their brain. Turn, <laughs> turn it back right side up. Yeah, exactly. That's a great question. And, you know, when someone asks me that, I the, my first response always has to be, well, what is it that you're attempting to create in your life? Because this is what mind exists for. It exists so that we can create the life that we choose to live. So if there's some area of your life where you're recognizing, you know, there's more to this. <laughs> there's more to this life than I'm getting access to what's going on and how can I get access to more of it. Yes, photo reading's a great place because it's intuitively obvious if you could move through written materials faster, you could do a whole lot of your life a lot better. So that's that is a place where you could consider starting. Another place is with a course I developed called Abundance for Life. And this gets at two things. It gets at the neurocognitive, which is the brain and the thinking part of the mind, but also gets at the psycho-spiritual. And that means our psychology, you know, our our essence our persona as well as the the beyond conscious capacities and i say spiritual because it's it's beyond our ability to even measure these capacities at this time in human history so what this course does is it puts you in contact with all of the resources within you and it gr- brings you through very clear protocols and in it, I have paraliminal recordings that are a part of this program. I have ways that you actually tune in to these capacities of mind. You drop into these abilities that are right there for you. I also I have an e-book that is on my Sheely Learning website called Drop Into Genius. And this is a great place to to really get insight into these magnificent capacities because I have chapters in there. What if you could read a book through the palm of your hand? What if you could change your life with a single thought? What if you could heal yourself and others with a single touch? And this is 30 years of my research and the technologies, the actual techniques that you could use to do all of these things. These are abilities that are within us, so I actually show you how to be able to do that. I I bring out into the world a, a very rich source of research called eidetic psychotherapy, developed by Dr. Octor Asen, that made a huge difference in my life, and uh, I I represent his work there with his permission, and um, that's how I learned. You could. Change you could actually transform your entire life with a single image in your mind through eidetics and uh, so so abundance for life is a great way to play it, to start also the uh, drop into genius book is a great way to start I have a couple of other books the photo reading book and the natural brilliance book and I also have a coaching program called 
Discover Your Brilliance, which is a series of recordings that I did on um, on a teleconference series, plus a workbook that guides you through the application of these techniques, plus a coaching process that uh, my business partner actually will guide you through. So it's a personally, so it's a, a great way to really get connected with us as well. I love that. These are all such great suggestions, and I know people are so eager. Your work is, I mean, it's so astounding, and it's so interesting, and I feel like almost on a water slide. You know, when you <laughs> yeah. go on the water slide, and then all of a sudden you're in a different environment and a different atmosphere, and there's this joy and this glee when you're in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in this whole other place, and then once you get out, your very first thought is, "I want to do it again." <laughs> I want to. <laughs> yeah, and, and really what's have... interesting is the water slide down feels like it kind of turns you upside down and and backwards a little bit, and that's really what happens because the concept of transformation, and this is in my doctoral research. And you know because you actually had a hand in the participation of the the teaching of the group that I studied. So, you know, transformation is coming to realize your life from a completely different vantage point, that the whole form of your mental model has shifted to really embrace the fullness of who you are. That's human development at its best. That's transformation your life really does take a shift for the better and uh, so to me the water slide's a great one it's one of those oh my gosh let's do it again yes i mean i really feel that way every time that i've watched your programs been part of your programs participated and the minute i've left it's like the water slide i just wanted to race back in and do it again And it's the same feeling of when you land, there's this joy and this glee and this, you know, place that you just love being and it's just a fleshless place. And I I absolutely am enamored and in love with your work and all that you're doing. And then I know that we're going to bring you back on the bridal show. And mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that because we were talking about how a lot of the brides miss their day because they're not present, and you're going to actually teach people how to drop in, right? And I just wanted to open that door for people that are listening on both shows because I think that that's so exciting because I can't tell you how many times, you know, you ask people about their wedding and they say, I don't remember a thing. I was so busy and I, you know, I wasn't even there. And people told me afterwards and, and how you're actually present in each moment. And, you know, it makes sense because there's plenty of excellent research that shows that when we're under cognitive stress, think about this funnel metaphor, right? What happens is it squeezes down to this little tiny tube. It's called tunnel vision. We literally, our our attention narrows, our perceptions narrow, our thinking our decision-making, our memory, it's all disrupted. I mean, it's like we we literally put blinders on. We can only see what's directly in front of our face at that moment. And 
as a pilot, there is a, a remarkable thing that happens that there's a point at which you're no longer looking at each instrument and then out the window and then over the left wing and over the right wing to figure out that you're flying straight and level. There's a point at which, and, it, and this is what the flight instructor calls it, there's a point at which your flight blinders come off where all of a sudden in a single glance you see all of your instruments. In one look out the window you see your wings and and your destination and all the traffic around you simultaneously. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like a hood just came off of your head. All of a sudden, you're, it's like you're seeing 360 degrees around you. It's spectacular. And when we're under stress, it narrows down to your speed indicator on your, you know, that's all you can see. And so there is a very easy way to stay in that flow of this broader awareness. And yes, we call it dropping in. It's it's riding the wave of energy that's coming into your life and realizing I can surf on it. I don't have to be underneath it getting crashed and tossed around. I actually have the ability to to rise above it and ride it to where I want to go. That's such a perfect analogy. I, I mean, just the visual is just impeccable. I love that. That's well, remember great. when you and I got together on the pier at Washington and and, and uh, Venice, and near the Venice area? Yes. Okay, so that pier that goes out onto the Pacific Ocean in the morning at about 6 or so, if you walk out on that, you'll see right where the waves are crashing, this long line of people in black wetsuits or dry suits, uh, and uh, on their surfboards. And it was so interesting to me to say, you know, most people just want their lives to be calm, but here's this group that are actually out there every morning wanting to be in the turbulence and the chaos. And what if we could learn from them? What is it that they would teach us about how we run our lives? You know, it's not about just calming down it's really about learning to ride it because we're in permanent white water now and what we can discover is that there's a calm center that will allow us to balance as this turbulent change that's rolling through our lives takes place we don't have to be buffeted by it anymore we can actually dynamically steer instead of trying to control and predict the next wave, you can't. You can't control it. You can't even predict it, but we can ride it, and that's called dynamic steering. And, yeah, that, let's get into that when we get onto our, our call with the bridal show, okay? Absolutely. I love that, and I so appreciate you being on the show today. And I just have a quick question as we're coming to the close. So you were talking yeah. about that there was an 11-year-old in photo reading, or there are kids in photo reading, or this 93-year-old man who is learning Qigong and through enthusiasm and joy and, you know, exuberation and, you know, exhilaration and all of this and his energy. He came all the way from Hawaii to do this. And so accelerated learning in this process of turning the funnel around and using this our brain, this is for any age, 
for everybody. This can change each in an individual life, correct? Exactly. And, you know, any time, wherever I am, if I look at someone and say, you know, there's genius in you, they always turn to look over their shoulder to wonder who they're, who I'm speaking to, right? <laughs> because it couldn't be them, right? Who? No, not me. No, I'm not that. I mean, I can tell you how badly I did in school. There's no genius here. And I'm saying there's an accelerated learner that is a natural part of who you are. And it's this spectacular neural capacity. It's this 11 miles. It's this ability to take something in and put it into your life automatically, literally with no effort, even at a biological level, to up-level the quality of your life. I mean, that exists in you. So when I say there's genius in you, it's not because you're doing math equations. There's a genius learner in you that you can tap into and use. And yes, guaranteed, it's there at your birth. So when do we start engaging that genius learner? At birth. My kid, my second son was sitting on my lap listening to me read to his older brother, and he was, he was 10 days old. You know, you couldn't even hold his head up, right? Just this little floppy thing on my lap, but he's feeling my heartbeat. He's smelling me. He's hearing my lungs move. He's feeling the vibrations through his entire body. These colors are in front of him in the book. There's this engagement. There's this energy that his genius brain is taking it all in, all of it. And so when do we start? We start right away. Now, for the photo reading course, we say, depending on the maturity of the child, we say, you know, somewhere around ninth grade, you know, 15, 16 years old, great time to take the course. 14-year-olds have done great with it. 13, 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds have done great with it. We've had 8-year-olds in the course. It's, we don't run it for children here in the U.S. The Japanese have created a photo reading course for kids, and we will be bringing more of that into the U.S. We've, we co-designed the program with them, and so there are facilitators here that can work with kids. But now we just have kids take it with adults in the adult class. And if they're mature enough, they do great. In fact, I remember one... Um, medical doctor was taking the class with uh, his, I think it was 14-year-old girl. And he was struggling with it, and his, his daughter was doing great, having a great time with it. <laughs> and there she was on break saying, oh, Dad, you're going to be able to get it. Don't worry. You'll do great, you know, encouraging That's him. so funny. Well, I know it that is. people are so excited just, you know, after reading, you know, what everybody's been posting and, you know, the questions that people have been asking, they're so engaged today in what you're doing. And I, your work is unbelievable, and it's so exciting, and it's so enriching. And I think that, you know, as we talk about vision boards, I'm going to put a picture of a funnel with the funnel, of a, you know, 
the yeah. open way and to be able to see that in my life. And I'm thrilled that you're going to be with us next week on our glass bride. And I can't wait to learn this technique of how to be able to drop in. And, you know, I offer for everybody that would love to jump on to that show next week. That is Sunday Hour Glass Brides from 2 to 3 Pacific time. And it has been such a joy and such a pleasure and such an honor having you with us today. So, Paul, thank you. My great honor. Thank you. (laughs) My honor, really. It has been such a pleasure. It's my great privilege to be with you. And do keep this good work going. Let people know about who they really are. Live an unlimited life. Yes, and the genius in each and every person. I mm-hmm. absolutely love that. And the purpose of education is liberation of human genius. Paul R. Shealy, Ph.D. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, 